Yeah, I've got a feeling this is going to be a mess. It's like, Mercury in Natural Literally, yeah. I feel like this is going to be really bad. The Housewives of Wales. <laughs> it's not the Housewives of Wales. <laughs> House Witches, yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Can it, can you hear that? Feedback? Wow. Can you hear me? Am I no. breaking it? I can hear you, yeah. Yeah, I can hear you fine. You sound fine. The real ass witches. The real witches. The Okay, so guys, basically we're recording this on Friday the 11th of June and Mercury is playing tricks. That's what I'm going to say. That's why I think it's going on. We've just been faffing about for ages because we couldn't get Laura on screen. <laughs> and then we're like freezing Laura's end but then I can hear my voice in a distorted way coming back to me like feedback and it's really putting me off talking um so I feel like if this episode goes out it will be a miracle so <laughs> happy Mercury retrograde um, I think this should be the theme of the episode yeah <laughs> the theme of brokenness <laughs> it's crazy Something isn't aligned yeah. for us, but never mind. Um, so uh, we do have a guest. About with twenty us. minutes later, yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, we have a guest with us. Maybe it's his fault. Um, <laughs> is Josh? Um, <laughs> hi, Josh. Were you enjoying your wine then, Josh? I am. Do you know what? Maybe it's that I spilled wine on my laptop or something. <laughs> I've, I've I've been laughing. This is the problem. Everything's been going wrong, and I'm just sat here having a great time. <laughs> I know. So basically, I, I, when we started the meeting, um, well, the recording, I couldn't let Josh in. I could see he was there in the waiting room, and I was like, "Admit, admit, admit," and he just wasn't coming in. And I was like, oh, "Okay." And then Laura couldn't join. And then when she did join her well, webcam, it's not just me then. No. no and then your webcam you. took about a year to come on, um, <laughs> and now we're here. And, um, it's all falling apart, but we're going to be all right. We're going to be fine. fine. So. Um, Josh, how are you? Are you glad to be back? I am very happy to be back. I literally just finished listening to um, your last episode with um, Tiffany Rising. I thought it was fantastic. I think she's brilliant, mm. absolutely brilliant. Um, I think so. I've just finished listening to that. I'm going to have to book myself in for a reading with her because she was just incredible, absolutely incredible. She put it into really simple terms, which I like because I think astrology can sometimes hit people between the eyes. Did she have something to say then, Laura? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, right, this is really like, oh, not good. goodness um, me. <laughs> Laura's like frozen on the oh screen. My... Oh, Laura, are you back? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my... <laughs> Did you just see yourself in oh, the <laughs> Did you just see yourself in the camera? <laughs> Okay. You no, <laughs> you, no, you, you, I can't even talk. I tell you what, let's not just let's not even oh bother doing an episode. You let's just carry on. <laughs> chaos, literal chaos. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> But I'm fine. Yeah, just, just keep it on. <laughs> just upload it. I'm good. I'm doing well. 
That's an early question. I'm really happy. I'm so happy that. How are you two? <laughs> no, really good. So really good. Loving it. Oh my god. Manifesting that this goes well. I know it will. And all. No, I'm not okay. I'm crying. <laughs> what is this episode about? This episode is about Reiki. <laughs> I don't even know. What were you what were you saying then, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> this episode is about Reiki. <laughs> the calm uh, practice of Reiki. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, calm and collective. We can get into the background of Reiki. So um very um, quickly, Reiki is energy. Reiki. We can't really talk right now. <laughs> okay. Reiki flows through all living things and is vital to well-being. This energy is known as ki in Japan and chi in China and prana in India. Um, and that is why it becomes Reiki. So mm -hmm. that's a basic view of Reiki. Josh, you are level two in Reiki. What does that mean? So um, you can be, so I've got, I'm actually, I'm level three. Oh my God, are you level three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. So some people, some people, um, <laughs> some people Josh do it slightly three. differently. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you're level two now. All right. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, so you've got, you've got um, a multitude of levels in Reiki, but the most traditional are level one, two, three slash master, and then four, which is also master slash teacher. It depends on the Reiki master or the Reiki um, practitioner that you go to, depending on what they do in the practice so um level three is technically masters but it's called level three in the one that I, with who i did it with but some people will go one two masters so reiki one is about being attuned to reiki mm -hmm. and you are given um depend again dependent on the master that that works with you you are either given one, two, or three symbols. Some people give you the first one, which is chakra, which is the power symbol. Mm -hmm. Some people will give you chakra and um, sadhiki, which is power and balance. And some people will give you all three, which is chakra, sadhiki, and honsoche shanan. Um, let's try to say that three times faster. Um, mm -hmm. And that is to do with distance. Reiki two is all about, uh, so Reiki one is more about doing it for yourself and doing it for friends and family and becoming attuned to the energies and working out how you feel when you're giving Reiki and what it is to turn Reiki on and turn it off, that kind of thing. Uh, Reiki two is about actually practicing on the public and practicing on clients. And so Reiki two is about working with the public and you normally get attuned to Honson Shesanan at that point in time. Um, Reiki three or masters, you get um, attuned to Daikemo, which is, um, the master symbol, which is all about being able to attune others. Um, and also being a master in Reiki means that you've reached the highest level of attunement. Some people then also do something called Reiki teachers, which is similar to, um, to Reiki masters. Some people give extra symbols at that point, but it's not necessary, but it just means that you learn a little bit more about how to actually teach Reiki basically. Hmm. Um, those are kind of the main the main levels. They all come with symbols. There is also another limp, uh, another level or another symbol that you can get called the completion symbol, which is uh, Reiku or Raku, um, which is like a lightning bolt, and that's more of a grounding symbol. 
that you give um, to people as well. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And Laura, what's your experience with Reiki? Um, yes, I have um, tried Reiki myself on myself. Um, I never made it into a regular sort of routine of practicing it, um, but I have practiced Reiki with the chakra stones. Um, not really for a personal reason, but just out of interest, really. Somebody told me about it years ago. I didn't even know what it was. Um, and I've always said to you, Jack, about how I find it hard to concentrate, to do meditation. I can't really seem to focus, but whenever I've done Reiki, it actually works every time. So yeah, there's definitely something about it that, that works for me. We know how to heal. Our bodies know how to heal themselves mm. and our bodies are very good at doing it. I mean, just from a biological standpoint, you think of all the different systems that are within your physical body to fix things that go wrong. And you don't even think about it. So when you then consciously put your energy into healing and doing something like that, you will see the benefits anyway, because you are tapping into it. Reiki literally just means Ray, which is purely just kind of like universal life energy and key which is chi like you said at the start so we all have this ability to tap into this universal energy that's going on around us all the time we're all energy that's all we are we all vibrate at different frequencies depending on a multitude of different reasons so someone who isn't attuned to reiki can absolutely do reiki when you're attuned the different the main difference is when you're attuned to it you're taught how to channel it mm -hmm. whereas someone who might be for yourself mm -hmm. Laura someone who's doing it just on themselves <laughs> might find it like you said earlier you find it difficult to mm -hmm. concentrate with meditation so you might find when you're doing Reiki sometimes you kind of slip out of that state that mm -hmm. you're doing it in whereas when you're attuned to it you're taught a little bit more of how to get into that state to be able to channel it it's just yeah it's like anyone if you if you've got a voice you can learn how to sing if you if you've got you know hands or a way to draw you can learn how to draw really well you just need to be taught let's kind of give a bit of background on what reiki is and kind of a little bit of the history of it so as we said reiki is energy the practice of reiki is a form of healing which the practitioner activates by intention having received attunements or empowerments by a reiki master once the student is open to the reiki energy they're able to channel Reiki to the recipient, promoting self-healing. Now you can do this with friends and family, or once you reach level two, three onwards, that's when you can start offering it as a paid service. Reiki is healing. It's healing energy. It's gentle and intelligent. It works on all levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, and one cannot overdose on it. Reiki can be learned by people of all ages and used on people of all ages, including babies, the elderly, hospital patients, and pregnant women. A Reiki treatment is non-invasive in that no clothing needs to be removed. However, for comfort and practicality, the removal of coats and, and shoes is recommended. There is no requirement for recipients to believe in Reiki or to follow any particular religion or belief system. Reiki is not faith healing. It can be used alongside conventional medicine as it acts in a complementary way. And you can also um, work within the within the NHS as a Reiki practitioner, um, giving Reiki for free to, to 
many different people that have just gone through surgery to people that are suffering are suffering with anxiety to people that are coming in for you know even more terminal kind of illnesses to help ease the pain or to ease the ease the healing in a way because uh, reiki is phenomenal um at what it does so the history of reiki reiki first came to the west via hawaii takata she told the story of its origin as follows at the end of the 19th century, Dr. Mikhail Yasui was living as a Christian minister in Kyoto, Japan. He became president of a small university there, and one of the senior students asked him if he could demonstrate healing as Jesus had done, as he was already preaching and teaching. Yasui was not able to do this and said that he would find out in return whenever he knew how. He therefore set about on a search to discover the answer. He felt that his Christian missionaries had not taught him everything. He went to Chicago, USA, where he obtained a PhD in religious studies, during which time he studied the Bible and Christian scriptures, but he did not learn how Jesus did heal him. Whilst in America, Yasui also studied Buddhism, as he knew that Buddha had performed healing. On returning to Japan after seven years in America, Yasui entered a Buddhist monastery, where he studied Buddhist scriptures and Japanese. As Buddhism had arrived in Japan via China, he learned to speak Chinese in order to study the Chinese translations. He also learned Sanskrit, an ancient language of India, in order that he could read the original Buddhist sutras, which had never been translated. Finally, Yusui came upon symbols which described how Buddha gave healing. However, he still did not understand how to use the symbols. Yasui decided to meditate and fast on Mount Kurama for 21 days in the hope of discovering how to use these symbols. He collected 21 stones and threw one away each day in order to keep time. On the final morning, Yasui saw a light in the distance which came closer and closer until it hit him as a beam of light between the eyes, knocking him to the ground unconscious. On opening his eyes, Yasui saw bubbles of colours. The sky then turned white and Yasui saw the symbols he had seen before, written in gold against the white background. How to use them was transmitted to him as he felt as if they were saying, remember, remember, remember. In his excitement, as Yasui rushed down the mountain, he stumbled and hurt one of his toes. Toes, not toast. He placed his hands around the wound and the bleeding and pain stopped. At the bottom of the mountain was a food hut. Yasui ordered a traditional Japanese breakfast. The elderly man serving the food felt this was inappropriate as he could see that Yasui had been fastened on the mountain for a long time owing to the length of Yasui's beard. Yasui requested the food and when it was brought to him by the man's granddaughter, Yasui noticed that she looked in pain, had been crying and her face was swollen. She told Yasui that she had a toothache from an infected tooth. Yasui put his hand over the area and the pain vanished. Yasui then proceeded to eat his breakfast without any indigestion or problems, despite not having eaten for 21 days. He returned to the monastery and the following day decided to offer healing to the poor. Yasui offered Reiki at a large slum in Kyoto. He asked the people to go to the monastery once they were healed in order to find work. Mm -hmm. However, Yasui noticed that these people did not do this. He was disappointed and wondered why this was so. They told him it was because it was easier to beg than it was to work. After seven years of this work, Yasui decided not to offer Reiki without charge any longer. He also came up with the Reiki principles, the guidelines for living a good life, which we will discuss later. He left the slums and travelled all over Japan, spreading the word about Reiki. It was during these travels that he met the person he would train to be a successor, Chijiro Hayashi. When they met, Hayashi was 45 and retired. Yasui thought this too young to retire and encouraged him to work alongside him on his pilgrimage. Yasui charged Hayashi with keeping the essence of his teaching intact. 
After Yasui's death, Hayashi opened a small clinic treating inpatients in the morning and going out to give healing in the afternoon. It was here in 1935 that Hayashi met Mrs. Hawaii Takata. She had traveled from Hawaii to Japan to have an operation. Mrs. Takata was ill with gallstones, asthma, and a tumor, amongst other physical problems. She, did, she had endured a difficult life after her husband had left her and the two young daughters. Whilst on the operating table, Mrs. Takata heard a voice telling her the operation was not necessary. She asked her doctor if there was an alternative to the operation, and he sent her to speak to his sister, who worked as a dietitian at the hospital and who had received Reiki at Hay Hayashi's clinic. During Mrs. Takata's first Reiki treatment, she experienced great heat from the hands of the two men working on her. She thought they had some means of generating heat and started to search up their long kimono sleeves and under the table. Dr. Hayashi heard the commotion and entered the room. He then explained Reiki to her. Mrs. Takata received daily treatments for four months until she was well again. She then begged Hayashi to teach her Reiki. He refused as it was a Japanese tradition and not for foreigners. Eventually, Hayashi agreed to train Mrs. Takata if she stayed and helped in the clinic for one year. She did, and during this time, she was trained to Reiki second degree. In 1937, Mrs. Takata returned to Hawaii, where Hayashi and his daughter visited for six months to help establish Reiki in Hawaii. In 1938, Hayashi initiated Mrs. Takata to master level. Mrs. Takata taught Reiki in Hawaii, Canada, and the United States for over 40 years. It was only in 1975 that she initiated students to master level, 22 in total. However, Mrs. Takata's method was one of verbal communication and nothing was written down. The story of Reiki's history was therefore passed on orally between master and student and no doubt some whispers occurred along the way. Many Reiki students were taught the above story and never thought to question it, but since the 1990s information has come out of Japan which tells us more about the history of Reiki. The association set up by Yasui in Japan had gone underground after World War II as the United States government controlled Japan and only permitted Western medicine to be practiced. The Yasui Reiki Rahoyo Gakkai wanted to practice but didn't want to go through the process of obtaining a license, so they basically became a secret society. They didn't talk publicly about Reiki. Not even people in Japan could learn about it. If people wanted to learn Reiki, they had to learn from a Western Reiki master, either one in Japan or the United States. This had the effect of preventing any information about Reiki leaking out to the West. It seems that Yusei never attended the University of Chicago when Mrs. Takata said he had obtained a degree. He was also never a president at Doshisha University in Kyoto, as Mrs. T Takata had stated. There are no records of Yusui at either of these venues. The story of Reiki that we have today is a little different. This information was obtained from William Lee Rand. On 15th of August, 1865, Yasui was born in a village called Taniai in the Yamagata district of Gifu Prefecture near Nagoya, Japan. He was keen to learn and traveled widely to acquire knowledge in medicine, religion, psychology, and divination. He even joined a group who worked with developing their psychic abilities. He had several jobs, including working as a civil servant and a journalist. He became secretary to the head of department for health and welfare. Goto went on to become mayor of Tokyo. Yasui wanted to learn the purpose of life, and when he heard of an Anshin Ritsumi, he located a Zen teacher who could help him achieve a heightened state of consciousness through this practice. Three years later, Yasui had still not achieved this higher state of consciousness, and his Zen teacher suggested that Yasui would have to die in order to find this state of being. 
In February slash March 1922, Yasui went to Mount Kurama where he intended to fast and meditate until he died. At midnight, with 21 days of fasting behind him and feeling very weak, a powerful light entered Yasui's mind through the top of his head and he fell unconscious to the ground. When he awoke at sunrise, he didn't feel weak any longer. He felt he was the energy and consciousness of the universe, that he had achieved enlightenment. He was so excited that on running down the mountain, he stubbed his toe and fell down. He placed his hands over the painful toe and energy started to flow from his hands. The pain disappeared. Yasui continued to practice his newfound healing ability on family and friends and defies the healing system using this energy combined with knowledge gained from his spiritual studies in the past. There had been many hands-on healing practices in Japan prior to Yasui creating his own method, but he called this new system of healing Shin Shin Kaizen Yasui Reiki Ryoho. This translated to the Yasui Reiki treatment method for improvement of body and mind. In April 1922, Yasui moved to Tokyo and opened a healing society, Yasui Reiki Rahoyo Gakaki, Yasui Reiki Healing Method Society, and a clinic in Harajuku, Ioma, Tokyo, where he taught classes and gave treatments. Yasui's original training was Shodan. In the West, we call this first degree. Yasui's Shodan consists of four levels, but Takata combined all these later to become first degree. Okudan, this means in in a teaching and originally had two levels. Again, in the West, we call this second degree. And Shinpidin, this means mystery teaching and is called master level in Western Reiki. It was originally divided into two parts, Shahan Kaku, assistant teacher, and Shahan, venerable teacher. In his training, Yuzui used only three symbols, those used in Reiki second degree to get today. Hiroshi Doi, a member of the Yusui Raihoho Gaki, has confirmed that Yusui did not use a master symbol. In 1923, an earthquake struck Tokyo, costing over 140,000 people to lose their lives. Many people were left homeless after their homes were destroyed and many were injured or sick. Yusui wanted to help these people and offered Reiki to them. Due to the large numbers of people involved, he trained others to Shin Paiden, master level, so they could train others to be able to offer Reiki treatments. At this time, he had also developed his Reiki system to include three symbols and the Reiji attunement. This Reiji did not include any symbols or any form of differentiation between the different levels of training. Yusui said that the more Reiji attunement student received, the greater the Reiki energy. In 1925, Yasui had to build a bigger clinic in Nakono, Tokyo, due to the growing demand for Reiki. He traveled all over Japan in order to teach Reiki and give treatments, when he taught more than 2,000 students and initiated 20 Shihan masters. Among the 20 teachers initiated by Yasui are Toshiro Eguchi, Jasuburu Gaide, Kaniki Takitomi, Taiochio Wanami, Yashiro Wantanabe, Kaizo Ogawu, Jeyusida, and Chujiro Hayashi. Apologies for any mispronunciation there. Yasui was presented with an award from the Japanese government for his work in helping others. On 9th of March 1926, Yasui had a stroke and died whilst traveling to Fukuyama, where he was going to teach. His grave is at Shahaijo Temple in Shigunami, Tokyo, but some people say that his ashes are not there and were placed somewhere else. Some of his students set up a memorial stone for him next to his grainstone. After Yasui's death, the Yasui Reiki Rahoyo Gakaki then elected Mr. J. Yoshida, a Shaihan master trained by Yasui, to be the second president. Mr. Yoshida was the person responsible for erecting the memorial stone and ensuring that the gravesite would be looked after. 
The story from Mrs. Takata is that Chichiro Hayashi became the president after Yasui's death, but it seems like this was not the case. Dr. Hayashi received his Reiki master training from Yasui in about 1925, when he was 47 years old. He only trained with Yasui for approximately nine months, so it is unlikely that he had been taught the full Reiki system. Yasui asked Hayashi, a retired Navy medical doctor, to open a Reiki clinic himself, which he did, providing treatments and training in Reiki. Hayashi was a member of the Reiki Rahoyo Gakaki, but he left when Yasui died. Hayashi treated many people and over time learned the hand positions which suited different conditions best. From his comprehensive record keeping, Hayashi was able to devise the guidelines for Reiki healing, a manual which he gave to his students. Yasui's method of treatment had been to treat the recipient sitting in a chair, but Hayashi changed this and encouraged recipients to lie on a treatment couch with several Reiki practitioners working on them at the same time. Hayashi also changed Yusui's method of training by merging Shodan, first degree, and Akudan, second degree, into a five-day course with two to three hours of instruction and one Reiju each day. Dr. Hayashi seems to have left out most of the spiritual aspects of Reiki from his teachings and focused more on the healing potential of the system rather than the path to enlightenment. The fact that he was a Christian and his military and particularly his medical background may have influenced this change of direction. Hawaii Takata, born of Japanese parents, was born on the 24th of December 1900 on the island of Hawaii. Her father worked in the sugarcane fields. Mrs. Takata married a bookkeeper who worked on the same plantation as her and they had two daughters. In October 1930, Mrs. Takata's husband died at the age of 34, leaving her with two young daughters to bring up. As a result of this, by 1935, she became ill with severe abdominal pain, a lung condition and a nervous breakdown. Added to this, her sister died, which meant that Mrs. Takata had to travel to Japan, where her parents had relocated, to tell them the news. Whilst in Japan, she was hoping to get help for her medical conditions. She was diagnosed in a Japanese hospital as having a tumour, gallstones, appendicitis and asthma. Instead of opting for the recommended operation, she went to Hayashi's Reiki clinic, where she received daily treatments. In four months, Mrs. Takata was healed and understandably wanted to learn Reiki herself. Dr. Hayashi initiated Mrs. Takata into first degree in 1936. She had worked at the clinic for a year when in 1937, Dr. Hayashi initiated her into second degree. After this, in 1937, Mrs. Takata returned to Hawaii. The following year, Dr. Hayashi and his daughter visited Mrs. Takata in Hawaii to help establish Reiki there. He initiated Mrs. Takata into Shinpi Den, Reiki Master, in 1938, and she became one of 13 masters trained by him. Mrs. Takata embraced Reiki and gave healing and training to second degree throughout Hawaii and the United States. Her treatments could sometimes last for hours. From 1970 onwards, Mrs. Takata began initiating Reiki Masters and charged a very high fee for doing so. It's rumored to be about $10,000. She believed that treatments or training should not be given for free, but one should get something in return. It is said she may have charged such an extortionate fee as a way of maintaining respect for Reiki. Mr. Takata also believed that a student should stay with one Reiki master for life and receive all training from this master. Mrs. Takata's training did not include written notes and she didn't allow students to take notes or to record the training. She said that Reiki was an oral tradition and had to be memorized. Having said that, it is known that she did not always teach students in the same way as some were allowed to take notes and received handouts. 
Both Yusui and Hayashi provided manuals for their training, which Mrs. Takata herself received during her training with Hayashi. So it would appear that not providing manuals was her own choice. Additionally, Mrs. Takata changed the way she had been taught Reiki. She changed the hand positions in that instead of making them individual to the recipients, all treatments would include eight standard hand positions, regardless of the recipient. She also removed the Japanese Reiki techniques. It is likely that it was Mrs. Takata who changed the attunement process by creating a different attunement for each level. This implies that it was, a, it was the attunement which usually empowered the symbols. She also added the master symbol, which had not been in Yasui's original training. Mrs. Takata trained 22 Reiki masters and made each one take an oath to say that they would teach Reiki exactly as she had taught it to them. As a result of the language and cultural barriers, the oath taken by Mrs. Takata's 22 Reiki masters, the fact that Takata said that all Reiki masters in Japan had died during the war, and that Reiki Raho Gakaki became a secret organization, it is a little wonder that Reiki in the West was never questioned and Mrs. Takata's versions of it prevailed for so long. Hawaii Takata died in 1980. Josh, what do you kind of take from that? Because for a while it was very much this Japanese thing but she comes along, goes back to Hawaii and fronts herself basically as the only person who can do it, you know? Um, yeah. And she gave us Reiki, really. But. And, that's, and that's what's really interesting is if it, if, you know, if it wasn't for her kind of moving it to the Western world, we wouldn't have an understanding of Reiki, but in the same time, unfortunately, she kind of, um, and I, I believe in the, in, the proverb of not speaking ill of the dead but what I would say is she kind of uh, she saw her chance and she took it she she developed it for the western world yeah basically yeah realizing that actually um so she dumbed it down ever so slightly yeah um things like the 21 day fasting period now I don't know about you but if I go like one day of not eating uh I can get pretty grumpy so you can imagine you know our western civilizations on 21 days of not eating um because we're very happy and comfortable in the way that we are so rather than 21 days of fasting they now um suggest if you're if you're practicing yusui um or tibetan reiki um you are kind of suggested that there is a 21 day cleansing period after you are attuned to each level of Reiki, which is to represent the 21 days that Yusui fasted, but also three days each for each chakra to kind of help everything kind of move through you. Um, and this is where great change can come about as well when, when you're doing, when you're doing Reiki. And it's really interesting to kind of, um, similar to kind of like yoga and similar to a lot of kind of Eastern practices, it's been developed over time for a Western world. Um, so making sure that you really, really, if you are looking into doing Reiki on other people, at least, or you're becoming attuned to Reiki, really do your research when it comes to it. And, you know, make sure you go to a master or practitioner that does exactly what, you know, like what, what you would have had, Jack, and what I've had, where they really go into the background of where it came from and why is this. The reason why Yusui started charging as well is because with Reiki, it's all about an exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. And in this modern world, what gets exchanged more than anything else? Money. Mm-hmm. So the exchange of energy in the beginning was him giving healing to those homeless and those poor people and then taking them to the temples to then work. So there was an exchange somewhere. He wasn't doing it for free in that sense, but then he realized actually, no, I do need to charge for this because it uses, 
if you're not grounded properly as well, it can use a lot of your energy and that's not the point, but also you are giving your time as a practitioner over and it's that exchange of I'm helping you with this. So this is the exchange of energy that I get in return. Um, and that is a principle that carries through Reiki as well a lot is that it's that constant secular thing that happens over and over again of I'm doing one thing, we'll do something else in return. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when you got attuned, Josh, mm. how, you know, what was your experience of it? Because people talk about being attuned and starting Reiki and seeing magnificent changes. What happened for you personally? I mean, so, don't go too in depth if it's really personal, but you know what I mean? No, no, no. So in the beginning, I kind of had that moment because I'm a cynic at heart. Although I am a very spiritual person, I am a cynic at heart. So I will always look for the explanation first, the rational explanation before I go for like the spiritual explanation. And I, when I first had my first like couple of um, parts of my attunement, I kind of sat there going, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> absolutely no idea there's like a lady next to me who's having a full body experience and I'm sat here going hey what's going on and when I had my final bit of my attunement it was like this wave vibrational energy came over me and I could see it come from above me and just like come straight down straight through me um we did a meditation when I when when I did my attunements as well where we went off to our sacred like Reiki temple in our minds um and we met one of our Reiki guides and everything like that as well so I had all of that to to go on where I met one of my Reiki guides and they gave me a gift to take with me which was to help me through the Reiki process etc and now when I give Reiki, for me personally, it feels like this weird, like, it feels like someone's got hot water bottles and they've placed them on my hands. Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. And when I then go and touch someone, it's like I can literally feel that heat being transferred over to the person. Um, and a lot of my clients have said, oh, it, it, your hands felt really, really hot at this point, at this point. And I'm going, yeah, <sighs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, I was feeling pretty hot as well, actually. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know how it feels for, for you, Jack. How, how have you found it? Because you've done your level one now. How have you found, because it's been a while now, how, how has it transitioned for you? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I did my level one and I probably did it in the middle of May, I think it was. Mm um and so it was a weekend uh, saturday and sunday that i did it and it was great really good uh we did the attunements over the weekend and each time i was seeing like um shapes and uh basically it was like ink blots on a piece of paper like going up and fading in going up and fading in yes i was getting my i've seen that yeah yeah and it was just it was just yeah. like that sort of thing but each time i did my attunement i was getting mm -hmm more clear symbols so I was getting um I was seeing things and I was seeing trees I was seeing like water I was seeing my reflection in the water um and then what really stuck with me when I was there was it was like I was lying down on a bank and it was fading in and fading out but it was at dusk so all I could see were these trees um conifer trees, I think they were and then the nice like blue sky and each time it would come in to focus and fade out there was a circle of people as it was just, I was lying in the circle looking at all these people looking down on me and I thought like bloody hell like that was incredible um and then right at the end I started seeing like things like swans and that sort of stuff and I was like this is great like I love it um 
but as for how it felt like a proper body experience a proper experience it felt like it yeah it did it felt it felt great um and it it it, it was it was like something i've not experienced before even when i've meditated you know it was Mm. it was so clear sort of thing um but then, yeah, so basically they talk about how like things will change and, you know, you, you vibrate higher and you become a, a channel basically for this energy. And it really does change who you are sort of thing. Um, and literally the first day I did it, the next day, well, on I finished my course, I was walking to my car, got a phone call, was told I'd lost my job. And I was like, okay, like either that's like a manifestation that I've been doing coming true or it's happened in line with this attunement. Yeah. So I thought it was a bit like, I don't Absolutely. believe in coincidences. I was just a bit like, okay, like, fine. Um, I remember going back the next day and they were like, oh, did you guys notice any difference, you know, yesterday? And I was like, well, actually I lost my job. Um, and I was talking about it like just so calmly and really optimistically. Yeah. I was like, I know I'll be okay. I know I'll be fine. Um, and everyone was like, well, why are you so calm? And I was like, I don't know if it's this that I've just done or if it's just because I'm trusting the process of my yeah. manifesting, but I feel calm. I feel great. I feel like everything's meant to be. I feel like it's okay. Um, and then since then, then I've had a couple of people on like Instagram and TikTok and even people in work saying like, oh my God, you look happier. You look like you're glowing. You look really good. And I was like, I, so there's me like, oh, well, thanks. You know, but in my head, I'm thinking, is this like, I think this is from that. Mm-hmm. I think this is from that attunement. So yeah, it's just been great. I'm looking forward to starting level two. Um, but yeah, yeah, well worth doing. Definitely notice some changes, yeah. Do you think um, Reiki is more effective being passed on from the practitioner to the client? Or do you think it's just as effective doing stealth Reiki? I think, I mean, you wouldn't be attuned to it if there wasn't something to it to be attuned. Um, so what I would say is um, you have to be level two in Reiki anyway to be insured to practice on people. And the reason for that is because Reiki does bring around, you know, big life changes in people. Um, so cracking story, this one. When I did my uh, Reiki attunements, I was told a story about how when you are when when you're attuned to Reiki, Reiki will sometimes turn itself on and you won't even you'll just know that someone somewhere needs healing and you'll be in a room and you'll kind of feel drawn to it. And funny enough, when you become attuned, a lot of people start getting drawn to you as well because they subconsciously can feel that energy shifting as well. And uh, I was told a story about how there was a gentleman that drove past a car accident on the parkway and he, in his head, was like, oh, someone needs Reiki in that situation. So he pulled over to see if he could help. And while they were waiting for the paramedics to turn up, they he'd helped get this guy out of the car that was in the crash. And he noticed that his leg was broken. And he said, well, while we're waiting for the paramedics, because you're in so much pain, do you want me to just give you some Reiki? And the guy said, oh, yeah, fine. What, do whatever. Just, just help a little bit. And um, he gave Reiki to this gentleman's leg, which was absolutely fine. And then when they went to the hospital and the paramedics picked him up and he was there, they had noticed that the bone had started to stitch itself back together. Mm. Because the Reiki had accelerated the body's natural healing process Mm. and they had to re-break his leg Mm -hmm. to get it to go into the position it needed to be in. Gross. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is so gross. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so moral of the story is when you're attuned to Reiki, absolutely, it can be much more effective because you are acting as a pure channel for that energy. But there are a couple rules around giving Reiki. When you're doing it to yourself, you're only giving it to you. So there's no kind of bounds to what you can do for yourself. So, for example, with you, Laura, you said, you know, you used Reiki stones as well. Um, you might bring in some crystals for yourself. You might give yourself Reiki when you're in the bath or you might Reiki your food, like mm. your own food, because you, you want to bring around that energy to that as well. So um, I would definitely say it's probably more potent if you are attuned to it. Like, so um, if we're talking about Reiki in general, we're talking about Yusui Reiki. So we're talking about Tibetan Reiki, but there are actually kind of seven main ones that are recognized, but there are a multitude of different types of Reiki out there. But the one that everyone kind of knows or is really accustomed to is Yusui Reiki, because mm -hmm. it's the most popular one. It's the one that got brought to the Western world, but there's like um, Seikam Reiki, which is all to do with working with ancient Egyptian energies, which is something that I personally am really, really um, interested in. Um, there's things like uh, angel Reiki, crystal Reiki. You can learn a um, slightly different version of Tibetan Reiki. It all depends on, again, the practitioner and who you're learning it from as well, because they might work in a slightly different way to, to someone else. Yusui, uh, we talked about Reiki principles earlier. Yusui brought about five Reiki principles. And these are principles that any Reiki practitioner should live by, but also when you are performing Reiki on someone, you should also be thinking of as well. And those principles are, just for today, I will let go of anger. Just for today, I will let go of worry. Just for today, I will count my many blessings. Just for today, I will do my work honestly. And just for today, I will be kind to every living creature. Those principles are universal principles. When you actually listen to them, it just sounds like being a decent person. Mm, be more Yuzui. Be more, exactly, be more Yuzui. There is a sixth one, um, which is just for today, mm. I will honor and respect my elders as well. And that is all about remembering where things came from, remembering the tradition that started it and honoring that tradition, but also developing it further as well. I have no doubt as we move through the Western world and as we move through into the future as a human race, consciousness is shifting, things are getting vibrating higher. So I have no doubt Reiki will probably adapt further as it already has done in this time as well. Um, well those five principles are what we're taught to kind of live by as Reiki practitioners. And I'm not being funny, they kind of just bode well for general life. Reiki is a fantastic, is fantastic for emotional um pain and emotional traumas as well and emotional energy that needs to be shifted but again it shouldn't be used in lieu of proper psychotherapy or counseling you know you can use it as a complementary therapy with that to help ease uh, that's my first thing my second kind of don't uh, it's less of a don't but it's more of a if you're giving someone reiki consent is everything mm -hmm. and number one if you have someone with you and you start, because I don't know if you've experienced this, Jack, but when you get attuned to Reiki, suddenly you want to touch everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That hasn't happened for me. <laughs> no? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not a particularly touchy-feely person either, but for some reason I was like, oh, I need to touch everything. And it's because because this vibration's happening in you where you want to you want to help. You can sense when people need it. But can sense everything. Everyone's in charge of their own body. So number one, get someone's permission. Mm. Number two, if someone can't give you their permission, for example, maybe they're in a hospital bed and you're at home and you want to send them healing, you can send Reiki by a distance remotely, but you would send it to their higher self. And you would ask their higher self to give them the healing when they are ready to receive it. So in the best way I can describe it, it's almost like their higher self kind of keeps it in a bag and just has it ready to go. And then we'll sprinkle a little bit on them every now and then when they actually need it. Um, In the same way, if you go past a car crash, you're not about to get out the car and start giving Reiki to the person that's in the car crash, but you can send Reiki to the situation to help all those involved in the situation and ask that the Reiki help speed up the recovery for all those in the situation because Reiki is a powerful thing and it can like anything that's powerful it can be misused sometimes no real detriment is going to come from it but you you are you are tapping into universal energy you are a funnel for it and you are directing it so you do sometimes have to be careful of where the lasers go in Lovely. Okay. Well, I think you should keep the first bit of the podcast in. Everybody laughing. You should just keep it in and don't even edit it. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. No, I will. I will. It's yeah. just going to be I a slightly wait. longer episode because we're going to have to make up for the fact that we spent fifteen minutes crying. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. I haven't recovered properly. I'm still like, <laughs> I'm still crying in my mind, but not like physically. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. So it's been a very interesting podcast recording for all sorts of reasons. Technical problems, Mercury's influence, but talking and learning about Reiki, um, which is great. Thanks so much, Josh, for coming on and talking with us about okay. it. It's always great to Anytime. have you. Yeah, always great to talk about that. Um, we depending on what happens. Josh will probably be on a lot sooner than a couple of weeks. He'll probably be on next week because um, we will carry on with discussion about the tarot next. Um, and so I, we're on the magician card. Josh is ready to talk about the magician and uh, we're ready to go. So thanks for listening to our Reiki session. Hope you found it useful and uh, let us know. Let us know if there was something you wanted us to cover or if you found it beneficial and let us know if you want to have a reiki session or want to become attuned yourself you know like get involved we want to talk to you um so thanks so much for listening uh see you guys next week bye 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 <laughs>